1: And hour number
2: three rolling on NHL draft coverage. Sabers on the doorstep of picking again here. Rutger McGroty going to McGroarty, excuse me, the from the uh, right winger from the U.S. national team going to Winnipeg. He's going to be uh, slated to play for Michigan University this season. Who is University it? Of Michigan. Everybody Who isn't is. going to be playing
1: for Michigan this upcoming Jeez. year? Everybody's there. It's that in Minnesota. Those are the two programs. Yep.
2: Not Owen Power becoming
1: powerhouses.
2: <laughs> Owen Power now on the Sabres. Yes. Speaking of the word power. Yes. Right. But uh, Buffalo's now on deck. Vancouver on the clock. Mm-hmm. And then it's the Sabres again as we welcome you back. Our number three coverage here
1: on WGR Sports Radio By 550. By the way, Rucker McGrory, the second ever drafted player in NHL history to come out of Nebraska. There's your stat of the day. Okay. Nebraska, mm-hmm. yeah, not a hockey bed for sure. Not necessarily. I mean, they have uh, they have what the Lincoln Omaha uh, collegiate team, which you know has had its ups and downs. I think Jake Gensel came from there. That's right. Yeah,
2: good call there. Okay, uh, two away, actually one away. Vancouver and then Buffalo. So, uh, as you said, you did not expect McGroarty to be selected this high. Not Quite not. Quite. So the names. That are still sitting there. Um, I mean, what was it Joachim Kemmel? Joachim Kemmel, yeah. Yep. Jonathan Karamaki yep. is still there. Who I
1: had the Sabres picking nine you know, ninth these are, overall. These
2: are have you know, just from multiple places where I've read, those were guys that were projected to go in the top ten break.
1: Yeah, and and those two guys specifically have been talked so much about having the best shot, best finish in the NHL with just their capability goal scoring to, ability, yeah. to find their way around the ice and become goal scoring threats. And both of those guys have miraculously fallen down the board to a spot where, you know, Vancouver's up right now. I could easily see them taking either of those guys or, I mean, they've got a lot of strong connections in Sweden. I mean, you look back to like Elias Pettersson. Um, But, I mean, certainly the Sabres are looking really nice and fine right now where they're at right now in number 16. They'll have a plethora of options to pick from, Uh, you know. Could they go defense? Sure they could. But I see them going more of, at the, more of the forward positions on the wing especially. Yeah, and you, you've got uh, a handful of names still that you mentioned at pick
2: nine, Brayton, when we had yeah. John like a, you know, 45 minutes ago that are still sitting there.
1: Yeah, it, it's remarkable to see how many names that are still sitting there. I mean, again, Joachim Kemmel is the highest – guy that I have on my board in, in the mock draft at seven. Then it was Jonathan LeCaramache to the Sabres at nine. And from there, you know, a lot of names were taken off the board. Brad Lambert's my next highest guy. Liam Ogren, who I had projected to go to the Canucks, is still available. Daniil Yurov, who could be available for the Sabres. Yurov's an interesting character just because he's he's another guy that a lot of people were just like, man, if the whole situation in Russia wasn't going on. He's easily a top 10 pick in this year's draft. Easily. He's got the size. He's got the skating ability. He's got the speed. And he's got the shot. But the questions pertaining to, you know, what, what's going on in Russia with that situation. And not only that, but when he was playing in the KHL, he, he, got, a, he got a taste of the KHL with Magnitogorsk this past year. He didn't put up much production. And a lot of people were just like, well, what's going on there? Why was that the case? He was only averaging like three minutes plus per game at the KHL level and didn't produce anything. No wonder why, but at, at the, at the junior level in, in the Russia, I mean, he played really well. So there are obviously some unknowns with that situation going forward, which is probably why you're off. I mean, I could see the Sabres taking you off at 16. I could see him going anywhere in this middle range of the draft, but certainly there's still some unanswered questions as to the future of everything that's going on right now, especially with the recent things with all the military stuff and, and players getting put in the military. Yeah.
2: We mentioned those three, and then Brad Lambert, a player that we thought about maybe as an option at 9-2 is still there. There's four guys, Joe, that at least three of them that were in many projections to be top 10 players that are sitting there still available, and Buffalo is going to have at least three of those four guys to pick from here as we're waiting for Vancouver's pick at number 15.
3: I wonder about Lambert and also their willingness to take him, given that they have... They already had one first round pick they've used and they have another one coming. Mm-hmm. Because what is what was it, four points in Liga last year? Yeah. Like it's all tools. Yeah. Right? You're only drafting him based on the skill set. But again, as risky as that might sound, you might be more willing to take the risk because you've got two other picks.
1: Well the thing about the thing about Lambert is he put up so much big production is in his junior days and then he gets to the the Finnish liga and does relatively well mm. and uh and next thing you know he, he this past season he just was underutilized at both teams that he played for so it, there's a lot of questions as to how much of a drive he does have but i really do think the talents there i think if he puts if he's put in the right situation i think he can thrive all right pick is in number 15
2: Vancouver the sabers are next let's see who the canucks take
4: the Vancouver Canucks proud select from uh, Sweden, the SHL, Djurgård, and Jonathan Lekermacki.
2: All right. right so we get uh, Jonathan Leckerkamaki off the board. Lekermacki. Lekermacki off the board, Le Carimacki. Le Carimacki off the board yeah. yes. From oh, Sweden.
1: Patrick Alvin with a
3: very uh, heavy Swedish, Swedish accent. accent there. Yes. I was I was a little late showing up the segment. We haven't heard from Matthew Savoy yet, have we? No. We I, will have his okay, interview coming yes. up in a moment. Yes. I haven't heard him speak yet, but Jeremy just, of course, got to stoke the flames right now. I'm trying to have someone reel me in on the Danny Breer comparison right now. And instead, I've got Jeremy tweeting me that he even sounds like Breer. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm excited. I, I'm really excited about that pick for them. <laughs> um, so, by the way, just so, yeah. to – to, yes, we'll have that interview with
2: Savoy coming up right after the Sabres make their – pick here at 16 so we'll have that and then after that paul will go interview the uh the player that we have here so we'll get more reaction coming also by the way a little bit later this hour dan dunley v sabers play-by-play man will uh, be coming on to join us just to get his thoughts on the night and just the uh, current state of the team but the sabers currently now on the clock so brayton who's the pick here if you're kevin adams
1: i don't know uh i mean Joachim, I feel Kemmel. The same way. Joachim Kemmel is interesting. Brad Lambert's interesting. Yurov is interesting. I see a lot of people on Twitter that are just like, you're Yurov no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure. Give me any of those three guys. I think they should go forward. I think they should go for
3: a winger specifically. Um, it, it, any of those three are fine. Is there no – I don't – I think the answer to this question is no, but I'm not sure. Is there a right shot defenseman that is in this territory? Uh, the I don't the, I don't think I, I don't think so either. The highest guy I see ranked is like maybe in the late twenties. Yeah, Ryan Chesley is probably the highest ranked okay.
1: right shot defenseman at this point. Then um, then I think I would agree that just you pick the best forward that's yes. on that's on the board. Yep. Yep, that's where I'm at. Um I mean I'll, I'll give you a little bit of about the guy cuz the way I see this draft going is obviously with the Sabers picking Savoy at number 9. I think he was BPA, best player available. I think here you, you you're allowed to go for more of like a winger or something like that. Best player available, but that's on like the wing. Where at 28 you can go for more of like the Kind of the wild card, but a reasonable wild card at best. And I think, and the guy that I I picked for that in my mock draft was Maverick Lamoureux. And no, not because of Maverick and like Maverick Top Gun stuff and everything like that. I know people know that I'm <laughs> a big Top lie. Gun. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe there was yeah. a little. I'm kidding. Uh, no, Maverick Lamoureux, six seven defenseman playing in the Quebec Major Junior League with Drummondville this past year. Really good reach, really long reach. Um, a guy that big, though, a lot of people think like he's probably got to skate really awkwardly. He's actually a very smooth skating defenseman. He can provide a nice little bit of offense when needed, but he's really good. He's already built into his size quite well, so he's not afraid to step up on the blue line and and lay a check on a guy or play physical. So it's just the thing that I've read a lot about with Lamereau is he's a long-term project. He's more of a guy that you give him the rest of his two years of eligibility in the queue. And then he comes to the AHL and then you give him another year there, maybe another two years in the AHL. And then he gets to the NHL and is ready to go and are ready to thrive as well. So certainly in that 28 range or wherever the Sabres end up picking later on in the first round, that's probably where you might start to see a guy where the Sabres maybe reach a little bit, but it's not like far reaching for a guy.
2: Just what? a reminder, by the way, this the Sabres being on the clock here, if you haven't been like
3: all in on the draft talk, this is the pick they obtained from Vegas in the Jack Eichel deal. And I was just about to ask you guys, do you feel like, and this, this probably just depended on your opinion of how good Peyton Krebs can become, do the Sabres need to nail this pick to outright win the Eichel trade? I mean, you don't want to... If grab a guy that you're projecting to go in, like, 25. But, like, if this guy becomes, you know, a third, fourth, like, a bottom six role player, Um, is it still a win? Because if they nail the pick, everyone, not just in Buffalo but around hockey, is going to give them a lot of credit for the return.
1: Here's the next question, Joe. Would he be a third liner on, like, a team a few years ago where the third liner's kind of like... Eh, not great, or is it a third liner where it's just like, oh, he could flip up the lineup? Easily. Yeah, no, I'm like, almost like a little more like disappointing. Like if they right. got a middle stat That's, level I, player, I knew you were going there. Yeah, middle stat, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: for sure. Um, I, I mean, think this is this is how we'll look back on the trade for sure. Hit. I mean, this is the biggest this is the biggest trade for the Sabers since when? I mean. <sighs>
3: LaFontaine Turgeon. Yeah, I think so. I
2: mean, yeah. we're talking at least thirty years. You're trading. You're trading a superstar, all star level player, possible future Hall of Fame level player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I think you've got to go back to Turgeon LaFontaine for that much firepower in a deal. And so far, the rave reviews are in on Alex Tuck. So far, Peyton Krebs' potential seems to be super exciting and intriguing. But a big piece of this trade was the first pick, which, by the way at the time of the trade versus what it is now, looks even a little better in terms of the positioning. I did not expect it to be pick 16. I was thinking it would be somewhere in the 20s. Right. So 16 was like the best possible you, result. You actually got a little thing that was out of your control to go in your favor, which was Vegas kind of really being bad down the stretch of the season here to put you in a spot now where some of these guys that have fallen that were top 10 projected players
3: to now be sitting here on the board. And but, now we're going to get a chance to hear what Kevin Adams and has to say. real quick, there's no doubt the Pagulas, Kevin Adams, the whole organization, they're going to want to nail this pick. They don't even want to just win the pick yeah. They or win the trade. They want to run away with it. For how much flack they got for the O'Reilly trade, they're going to want to crush it here. Yep. All right, Sabres ready to make their second
2: pick of the night. At 16th overall, the pick obtained in the Jack Eichel trade. Let's go to Montreal and pick up the feed.
0: With the 16th pick, the Buffalo Sabres are proud to select from your garden in the Swedish Hockey League, Noah Osland. Noah Osland,
2: the selection
3: by the Sabres there.
2: Center from the Swedish Hockey League. Another center. Another center. Another Swedish center in the middle
3: of the first round. Although it was Ro- Rosine wasn't a center. A winger, maybe last year he's, when they picked him. He's technically a winger, but like they okay. were they were talking like, oh, we could see him playing a center. It's gotcha. just like okay. Noah Osland. Another center. Not Danila Yurof, like everybody was uh Were they even like campaigning for it or just saying they thought it was gonna happen because of the the VP from Metalurg? Yeah, I don't know. Not even sure. <laughs> but
2: all right, so this obviously a name maybe Brayton we didn't think about at this spot. With, you know, I guess because of the thought of look at who's still available, I guess maybe that's more so it. So, right, what what can you tell us and what do you know about this guy here so far, uh, Noah Oslin?
1: Well, Noah Oslin obviously was is. You know, a, a really good centerman that was playing in Sweden last year. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, he was a guy that was playing uh, on a line with Liam Ogren and Jonathan LaCaramachi. So a couple of Jurgarden players going 15 and 16 in this draft. But uh, Noah Oslin last year in uh, in Sweden with Jurgardens in the junior level, he put up nine goals and 33 assists for 42 points. Uh, in the Swedish Hockey League at the professional level, he didn't put up anything in 11 games. He's obviously going to. Move up to the professional level with the uh, with the top team next year playing in hockey elsvenkin, which is the second tier league. But, um, you know, certainly a guy that sees the ice really well down the middle, a good playmaker. Uh, here's what, here's what um, Cam Robinson wrote at EliteProspects.com. Uh, at his best, Osland is a dynamic, shifty playmaker who takes full advantage of the width of the ice to build passing sequences, a dexterous distributor. I love that. Uh, with mm-hmm. the full array of reach, adjusted passes, and the keen eye to find options throughout traffic, he was the most prolific setup man in the entire Swedish junior circuit this past year. Okay. Playmaker is what. Yes, I'll I'll, I'll summarize. Playmaker all that distributor, one yeah. and and here's another thing too that I've been thinking about a lot over the past week or so with with these picks. The Sabers obviously have eleven picks in this year's draft, three in the first round. They're set up not only to to build up their prospect system and to actually be really good down the down the line. Eventually, they're setting themselves up for a good chance where if they're in a spot where come trade deadline or even during the offseason at some point, whether it's this offseason, next offseason, they get in an interesting situation where a player all of a sudden becomes available. They have assets. They have weapons to be able to go out and get a player or get an asset that they really, really want to add to the core and add to the group to make themselves that much better a little bit quicker. And, And maybe that's something that I think Tim Murray wanted to do right off the bat when he was the general manager of the Buffalo Sabres and just failed to do so. Now Kevin Adams, obviously, I think we've seen he's been a little more methodical, which is with his approach to try and play this out in the right way and play the right cards at the right time. Whereas Murray was just like, hey, you know, we're just going to trade these pieces and we're going to get the assets and no matter how their chemistry is or whatever, they were going to fit in. They're talented. They'll gel eventually and they'll play well. Yeah, didn't necessarily end up that way. This could be a situation where things could work out really well for the Buffalo Sabers in that way, where if they get a, the right player or the right asset to come on the trade market or to become available, and they have to trade any of their assets, whether it's this year's picks or future, you know, picks from last year or two years ago, why
2: not? Right? Loading up in terms of the center position too, Joe. We just had this discussion
3: before this selection was even made. Yeah. Now you're adding center. another one here to the file. Another Which, shorter one by the way. 5'10". Yeah. I wonder what Paul thinks. Paul Paul was asking Kevin Adams about the n- size going into this draft. And I'm listen, I'm not against getting faster and if that has to come at, you know, in, in return, you're gonna have to be you're getting smaller as a lineup. Then I'm good with it. Although Oslin doesn't read like he's this elite speed guy. Like he's yeah. he's a good skater, mm-hmm. but Savoy is more like he's gonna fly up and down the ice. Yeah. Oslin is getting more credit for hockey yeah. IQ, Oslin, Os- being deceptive. Yes,
1: he's got the vision. He's he's yeah. really got the the keen sense of where everything is and developing on the ice. And I think that's what made him so intriguing. Here's some of the prospect rankings that. Oslin was ranked at, um, and this is all listed at EliteProspects.com as well, uh, he was 27th by EliteProspects.com, 24th by SC Hockey, Top, uh, Bob McKenzie had him 22nd, 22nd by McKean's Hockey, 30th by Craig Button uh, with TSN, and 18th by NHL Central Scouting for European Skaters. So certainly um, in the mid mid to late teens and into the 20s more so. So maybe this is one of those, like, you're more reaching for this guy at this point, but I'm not going to come. So I, it also could be a player that they just they
2: really valued and yeah. they wanted and they realized, look, when we pick at 28, we don't want to risk him not being there, which, you know, based upon those projections you just gave us, it would be a risk for the Sabers to hope that he falls to 28. So if this is a guy that they really wanted, then, you know, why not take him now? This is the spot to do it.
3: The um, other interesting thing is he was between Bob McKenzie and this is only this is only Bob McKenzie's list, but of Bob McKenzie's rankings from midseason to final, from his midseason rankings to his final rankings, Noah Ostlin was the the highest riser. He went from 59th at his midseason rankings to 22nd. Yeah. So nobody had a bigger jump. Yeah. That's so impressive. this was a guy that rose higher and higher as and, this past season. And went just on.
1: remember, Bob McKenzie's rankings for scouting and everything like that. He's channeling in other scouts and other NHL personnel's thoughts on players and putting it all together in whatever algorithm he has. Then he puts his rankings together. So this is from other NHL personnel that Bob McKenzie's getting these thoughts from, and then he's putting this list together and ranking them and then saying, hey, here's what this... Scout or these scouts really like about this player, and maybe the, the
2: rise, as you said, in the rankings. Whether you you want to define him as a late bloomer, yeah. someone with still maybe you know is in the heat of growing right now. I mean, that's something that obviously maybe uh, was attractive to the Sabers. Okay, so uh, right now they actually are kind of putting a pause as we hit the halfway point of the draft. Uh, Joe Sackick being honored by the league right now for the Jim Gregory general manager of the year award. Gary Bettman just presented it to him. Uh, Obviously the avalanche winning the cup this year. I'm sure had a big piece in that. I was going to (laughs) say really going out on a limb
3: there, giving GM of the year to the guy that
2: won the cup. (laughs) I know anyway. Okay. So Noah Oslin is the pick for the Sabres here again. They'll pick again at 28th. So a little time right now before the Sabres pick again. So, While this is happening, we're going to hear from Matthew Savoy in just one moment. Paul Hamilton also is uh, going to speak with Noah Oslin, so we'll have that interview. Also coming up later this hour, Dan Dunleavy, Sabres play-by-play man. Uh, So we got a lot to get to here as we react. Brayton, thank you for your work here. I know we may check in with you one more time throughout the night, but thank you for your work here so far. Thanks, guys. Okay, let's go to Montreal. Let's hear from the newest Sabre, Matthew Savoy here with Paul Hamilton.
5: Thank you. What was it like for you watching that chaos unfold and wait to hear your name called? Yeah, it was definitely uh, a bit of a hectic situation. You know, never been been through a, an experience like that before. But uh, you know, now now to see it come, finally come full circle, it's it's truly a blessing. I'm super excited to be a part of the saber organization, and uh, you know, can't wait to get to work down there.
2: What do you feel like right now? Just
5: what are the emotions? Uh, just excitement for me. You know, was a bit nervous coming into the day. I uh, can you know be a lot of pressure at some times but you know now that now that you get finally picked and, and you have a destination i think uh you can really set your eyes on the on a goal and um really really start to get to work Brad, i
6: know Amazing you things. had a lot of talk with them during the year during the combine Just, what are your impressions of this organization when they're trying to build in with so much young people yeah
5: i think you know it's definitely a first class organization uh, they have a ton of good good young players good prospects um, and, and as well good leadership good good veteran guys I think they're definitely moving in the right direction and I'm, I'm really happy to, to be joining it
6: from your meetings did you get a sense that maybe it could be a Sabres?
5: yeah I think uh, you know the, the meetings can be a bit tricky at times uh, they, they try not to give away too much but can definitely sense out when a team likes you a little bit more than others so I think my meetings with with Buffalo went really well and um, you know to be here to be here today drafted by them is is really exciting. Matt congratulations. Uh, The question I wanted to ask you was uh, you know what was the impact that the Winnipeg Ice organization had on your development and
4: you know getting to this point?
5: Yeah, the, the Winnipeg guys had a huge impact, um, you know, going there at such a young age, getting to practice with 19- or 20-year-old guys, being being a 15-year-old was was so critical for my development. Um, you know, continuing to, to push myself, play against the best competition possible, uh, I think is is really what shaped the player I am today.
6: How excited are you to be in the same organization that they perhaps have the spot of at some point you know, being able to play the
5: same yeah, I got, uh, got a few games in with Krebsy when I was 15, uh, roomed on the road together with him a couple times, so pretty familiar with him, and uh, really ecstatic to, to you know re- reconnect with him and um, you know go down there and see him for sure. What
6: kind of lessons do you take playing from him?
5: Uh, he's a true pro. He, he always wants the best from his players. Uh, the mentality he brings to the rink every day, he's so dialed in, focused. I think it, it just wears off on guys uh, to be the best possible version of themselves, and uh, really, really focus on their goals. During the pandemic, going to the USHL, you know, when you get back to, to Winnipeg, I mean, what was it like? Just comparing where your game was at when you were first with Winnipeg, and then where you were at this season. Yeah, I think uh, from a confidence standpoint, it just went went skyrocketed. Uh, you know, I felt more comfortable with the puck on my stick, felt more comfortable taking checks. Um, you know, reading plays. So, I think. Just growing as a player and getting older as a player was, was huge for me, and I think that's that's what allowed me to have a little, some success this year.
3: Did you not, I mean, maybe not surprise yourself, but when you look
5: at the end
6: of the season, like, the jump you made, you know, like, wow, that's strange. Interesting how, how you went from your no goals to what you put yeah,
5: you know, growing up, I was always uh, a really offensive, offensive-based player. Um, obviously, that first year in Winnipeg was a bit tough with with the scheduling and everything, and uh, only getting 22 games in. But uh, you know, I just took it as uh, as another way to keep improving, um, really put my head down and work. And I think I did a good good job of that in the USHL. Uh, I thought that was a really good development year for me. And coming back to Winnipeg, really had my my eyes set on having a strong you know draft season, and uh, I think I did that.
4: Where do we stand right now?
5: Uh, the, the recovery's fully done. Um, medically, it's, it's completely healed. Now it's just getting strength back in it. Um, you know continuing to, to manage my workouts and making sure um, you know I'm not, not pushing it too hard too soon and, uh, but from a medical standpoint, it, it's all good. New Jersey
1: on now but clearly
3: you had a fun suit on what's the draft right story there?
5: Yeah, uh, when I was ordering my suit, they, they asked what I wanted in the inside. They gave me, you know, a couple options, and I just thought I I, I wanted to pick what, one of the coolest-looking ones, so I uh, went, went with the Tiger one and uh, decided to stick with it. Uh,
6: Have you been back on the
5: ice yet? Uh, just briefly, one or two times, um, just, you know, to get the legs the leg back into it before, before camp here, but uh, looking forward to really getting back in the bulk of skating in, in July here. Do you think you participate in camp next week? Uh, I think that's a conversation that'll be had with, with the management, but um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting down to Buffalo for sure. Have
4: you visited Buffalo yet or spent any time there?
5: I was there for the Combine in, uh, in early June, uh, but other than that, never really been to Buffalo or, or around the city, so excited to you know, go explore and, and go check it out and see what it's like. Do you view yourself as a center or a wing? I mean, which one are you more comfortable uh, just through the time and through your developments in Florida? I think, uh, you know, I, I leave that up to my coaches. I'm really comfortable playing both positions. The last four or five seasons, I've flip-flopped consistently back and forth. So I think, you know, versatility in that sense is, is one of my strengths. You
6: you played hopefully centre last
5: year, though? Uh, yeah, I played centre for probably the first half of the season, and then for the second half of the season was rotating back and forth between centre and wing. Thanks for Congrats. Thanks, guys.
2: Okay, Matthew Savoy there, Sabers first of two picks, Noah Oslin the other selection as well. Sabers will pick again at pick 28. Okay, Joe, we have another player that can play center or wing. He, can. he said he's comfortable playing both. He's played both quite a bit and he even said last year flip-flop back and forth, started center then rotated to wing. So maybe the the versatility is also something that was attractive to Kevin Adams.
3: Yeah. Are you know Don Granado's one to experiment with things and you know get a little creative. If they have five, Thompson. Men, <clears throat> yeah, Ta- well, Tage Thompson, right? Yeah. <laughs> if they have, I've been throwing out this dream scenario where everybody develops perfectly, which is not real life, but let, let's just say it happens. You've got Thompson, you've got Cousins, you've got Krebs, Middlestat, and now you've got Savoy, and you have Usland. That's six. If they're all they all turn into pretty good players and you all feel comf- you feel comfortable with all of them playing center, Don Granado might be the guy that goes. All right, I'm going to use them in different spots every time. So like yeah. this game because of this matchup, you know maybe I like Oslin better at center than I like Thompson. Or this game I like, I kind of want Krebs on the wing. I want because of this matchup. Or you know what this guy's having a bad game, so let me flip flop him in the second line. It, it's it's a good problem to have because you can either move guys around the lineup. It's easier to go from center to wing than the other way around. So you can move guys around the lineup to make it work, get the most talent possible on the ice. Or we could go with your idea, which is you got six great centermen, and, oh, suddenly I'm kind of short on right-shot defensemen. Let me flip one for yeah. a really good right-shot defenseman. Yeah. The
2: options are there, clearly, for sure. And this is what happens when you have the bulk of picks. Now the the patience meter is going to have to be – yeah. you want to ask Sabre fans to have more patience than they already have – you know after missing the playoffs 11 seasons in a row now the excitement of tonight that's that's the only thing that always bums me out about NHL draft night is that unlike the NFL draft where mm-hmm. you're like oh where where can we plug them in yeah unfortunately unless you're getting a guy in the top 3 to 5 most years
3: you got to wait which <laughs> unfortunately yeah. is is less fun and sometimes you got to wait several years yeah you know like Isaac Rosine who they picked 14th last year he doesn't seem like he's ready for that jump. I mean, that's been one year of development in Sweden. That's almost certainly, I think, going to be another year of development. And then maybe the year after. So maybe because of where they're picked, Savoy is more likely to be a guy that plays in the NHL next year. But maybe Auslan's an extra year after that. So you're right. Like That's the downside of it. It is a good, good on the Sabres to get development camp right out in front of people next week, the yeah. 13th. And Kevin Adams said that his his plan last week was that a lot of the guys they draft will be there. Um, so we'll we'll see. That hasn't been determined yet. But the good news is, if you want to see these guys on the ice really quickly, you'll have an opportunity next week uh, down at Harbor Center. Yeah, that'll
2: happen on Wednesday, the thirteenth. Thirteenth through the sixteenth is what I got here. Yeah, they've got the yeah. French Connection scrimmages that'll happen. Yeah. Uh, there along the way, but. Uh, An opportunity to maybe see some of these development camp, uh, these players at development camp is coming up here. Uh, If you want to go and make plans, all the sessions will be at Harbor Center. Uh, They're free and open to the public. It's first come, first served basis. Um, I would bet maybe the practices at the very least aren't going to sell out. The French Connection tournament, the three on three thing, maybe could. Uh, That's on Saturday at nine fifteen. But if you are wanting to go. The first sessions will be next Wednesday afternoon. Uh, They have two sessions. Session one is from 2.30 to 3.30, and then session two is from 4 to 5. So if you want to see some of these players that they're going to be drafting here today and tomorrow, uh, you can see them next Wednesday, 2.30, down at Harbor Center. Okay, time out. We still got Dan Dunleavy going to be joining us shortly. We'll go back to Montreal with Paul. Also, Noah Oslin, the draft pick uh, just a few picks ago from the Sabres. Paul will have that interview coming up, too, as we roll on. And the Sabres still to pick at pick 28. We're at 18 right now with Dallas on the clock. Uh, As we continue on, our coverage of the NHL Draft on WGR, brought to you by Fiegel Car and Joyce, your border attorneys. By Bath Bitter, improve your bath in one day. With Bath Bitter, it just fits. By Outlet Liquor, when you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? And by M&M, you pull it. Western New York's premier destination for used car and truck parts. Brayton Wilson, TJ Luckman, Joe DiBiase, Paul Hamilton. I'm Brian Colziel, Dan Dunleavy to come here shortly as well as we roll on our continuing coverage of the NHL Draft on WGR. 35. Welcome back. Brian Coziel, Joe DiBiase, Brayton Wilson, Paul Hamilton in Montreal, T.J. Luckman producing. Appreciate you being with us. going to talk to Sabres play-by-play man Dan Dunleavy shortly here as we get uh, rolling on toward the Sabers' third and final pick of the night at pick 28. If you're just joining us, Buffalo selecting twice already. We just heard from Matthew Savoy uh, from Winnipeg of the Western Hockey League. Noah Ostland is the uh, second pick, another center who says he can also play wing. He's flip-flop back and forth. Uh Paul Hamilton in Montreal interviewing him right yep. now. We'll have that interview coming up here shortly.
3: We only have one Russian player drafted through 18 picks. Just want to point that yeah, out. Yeah, I think people are just nervous about it. They're nervous. They're yeah. scared off of it a little bit. I mean, I've wondered I don't I don't think we've had much detail on it because probably they don't even know. But the four prospects the Sabres signed or drafted last year, we know one of them's here. Uh Kisakoff their second second round pick. He's actually in Montreal cuz Sabers tweeted out a picture of him. Uh he signed his entry level deal, so it sounds like he's here. The one guy I wonder about the most for the future of and if if he when he might be ready to come over and when he could come over and how dangerous that might be is Prokhor Poltopov, who was the Sabers' first second round pick last year. He plays for CSKA Moscow, which is that club in the KHL with a military affiliation that Cause the Flyers goalie prospect um, to sign with the Flyers and then get arrested for basically trying to dodge the military. So that's such a complicating factor right now and a worry for these guys with the the war in Ukraine that wasn't present the last time these GMs were drafting uh, a year ago.
2: Yeah. By the way, you know we kind of poked fun at Joe Sakic winning the uh, GM of the Year award. Like, uh, yeah, he you know. Way to go out in a limb, NHL, right? By giving it to the guy that won the Stanley Cup. Um, Kevin Adams received a third place vote. Okay. He finished eleventh in the voting <laughs>
3: with a point. With one one single point. Yeah. That's it des- Yeah. Right? It's been a pretty a pretty good first year. Who votes on that? Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Is it other GMs, maybe? Uh, or is it media? I don't ha- I I
2: just have the first second place breakdown. I don't know I'll who look. did it. But uh Minnesota has just made their pick at 19 and Liam Ogren, left winger from Sweden. So that uh player Liam Ogram now off the board. Washington at pick 20 is now there. But yes, Joe Sakic uh finishing first in the GM of the year award. Julian Brieschwa from uh Briseboy from uh, Tampa. Second, yep. 87. I've and got Chris Drury third, 53, 53 votes, uh, 53 points. Kevin Adams, though uh, did get one third place vote,
3: yeah i'm wondering who gave him that vote because here it says that voting is conducted among the thirty one team general managers and a panel of five executives and five media members at the conclusion of the regular season, hmm. so playoffs don 't even count in this arrangement here does he uh, does he strike you as someone that would vote for himself I was wondering the same thing I, I don't I feel like he's not no. I'd, I'd be surprised. Not yet. Me too. He's, Me too, too. he's too young in the process. Which Sabre GMs would have voted for themselves? Tim Murray. Oh, yeah, that's an easy one. I <laughs> mean, why do he I even guess that? As the, as you weren't done a asking layup. the question. He is <laughs> a layup. Tim Murray would have voted for he himself. He would have given himself a first place vote. <laughs> oh, for sure. Every, for sure. Every time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we we could probably check that. <laughs> co- co- is it fair to say you have confidence in Sabers management? Is that too strong? Right now? Do you have confidence right now in Sabre's management? It's it's trending that way, at I, least. Like they, what would their approval rating be among made, fans? They've made good hires over the year that I've liked, uh, especially in their analytics department with San yep. Ventura. Um They have like there's am, the I, the I count, chart,
2: am I counting the coach in this answer?
3: Yes or am I separating? Sure.
2: Yes. Am no, I I, th- I think you're counting the coach. Because with Granado, I have I have a if if you're packaging coach and GM and scouting staff all of it yeah. with granado in that mix it's a higher grade for me for sure I think he's he's leading the charge of my Kay. confidence level i, I would I say I agree. Adams is trending on the good side but granado I'm like you know if you said hey did the Sabres have the right coach I'm like 90 percent on yes
3: I think I I think I am too I mean the jury is still out and they the the, the next step are right, you you've pro- what have you proven so far one you could tear it down. That's already a step further than Jason Bottrell. Jason Bottrell showed up and just watched Murray's team, right, for two years, like he tinkered with it, and he made the O'Reilly trade. But for the most part, there was no teardown that ever happened with Bottrell. Adams proved he could do that. Yep. And he got a a great package for Ristolainen. So far, so good on the Eichel package. And we'll see on the Reinhardt package. But so far, he showed he could tear it down and get a lot of pieces. He showed... So far that all right, the drafting seems to be pretty good. It's way too early to tell how good he is at drafting because we really only have what? We have eight games of power and we have four games between Paterka and Quinn. But that, that's going well. Paterka and Quinn, the development's going well. So was there the next ahead, step the next step and whether or not he's the right GM is we've seen you tear it down, we've seen you replenish the prospect pool. The next step is can you make the moves that take you from up and coming team to okay, I'm actually contending for the playoffs? Was there a point
2: where we were having this discussion about McDermott and Bean where you said, Okay, I'm trusting the coach, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trusting the GM, like okay, like it's heading in the right direction. Now obviously we know yeah. the bill the Bills have gotten it to where Brandon Bean is now getting the talk of being the best GM in football, assembling the most yes. talented team in the in the NFL, like I'm, I'm trying to see if I can picture back, like, okay, were we yeah, there where, at some where point? Were we?
3: Where were we? At this point, we're right with the Sabres. <laughs> when oh, was that for right. the Bills? Is that, like, the beginning of the 2019 season? Yeah. I, I would say that's right. Like, yeah. they, oh, okay. they, they um, made... TJ, just TJ, turn your, your mic your, off. Off. your mic's on. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, My bad, guys. The that's 2017 awesome. season was almost by accident. Like, making the playoffs right. Like, that was their teardown season. Even though they made the playoffs, it was their teardown season. Maybe that's the moment that proved us right. Even, Maybe. Even when not going all-in, they still figured out a way yeah. to have, be, have success. Well, because 2018 wasn't going well, but they had broken the drought, and they were building things back up. Like, we knew they were just starting to put their core group of pieces together. 2019, it was like, all right, let's sign John Brown, let's sign Cole Beasley, and it's go time. Yeah, Diggs, the next year, is, like, all-in. So like we we knew you had the right group. The next the you knew everything was right.
2: So, so the the
3: DeBrinket thing that you said today about
2: it being too early would that be like the Bills signing Diggs in the twenty seventeen off season? So. I think so. Just like not ready
3: yet for you, it. You needed proof of concept. You needed to know this group is worth that all in move. And I think we're all hopeful that this Sabers group will be worth an all in move like that down the road. But I think you're I think you're jumping a little bit too far if you say you know that this group is is it for the sabers. You think it's trending that way and we're optimistic and hopeful, but we're not we're not it's not solidified in my mind yet. And maybe the star power
2: has shifted with the sabers where we know the bills okay, you have Josh Allen. You you've got the most important position covered. Yes. The sabers right now with Eichel being out, you're saying do you have your star center, number 1 center? Well, I don't know if that answer is yes quite yet, but I do know that maybe defensively I could have the right an amazing one-two punch with Darlene Power leading the way. Now yep. I still need a goalie, and maybe hopefully Tage Thompson can turn into. Maybe he'll never be as good as Jack Eichel, but maybe he'll put up the same numbers that Jack Eichel does. Look at last right. year; he had more goals than Jack Eichel did.
3: You know, or you know, you know that. Yeah. Career wise, yeah. The two hardest things to find are a franchise centerman and a franchise defenseman. And it feels like they have the franchise defenseman, they might even have two. They might have two. And the center, I wouldn't say they have it, but it's different from football in that like you can't you can't fix quarterback by doing it in volume because of the nature of the sport. Right. Hockey, like the Sabres could get away with not having a franchise centerman if they've got three really good ones. Or and, maybe you know I'm I am open to at least Savoy because of how dynamic he is offensively. I'm open to him becoming that guy.
2: But the league has shown that there's different ways. There's different ways to, to get win. it done. Right. Where the NFL, there's one way. We know <laughs> if you <laughs> don't have a dynamic quarterback, you're not right. going to win. You're unless wasting like, time. I shouldn't even say that unless the rest of your team's perfect. I, I even think that era is over. The the Baltimore Ravens with Trent Dilfer at quarterback. Or, you know, even some of these other teams that have maybe got gotten in. The Buccaneers with Brad Johnson goes back a little yeah. farther. Yeah. Like just I, I just think in the NF, you just have to have the quarterback. Okay, the Bills have that. So but you're right. In the NHL, as we saw in Montreal even. Now it was maybe it was fluky, but they had the superstar goalie and they ended up in the Stanley Cup final. Right. So maybe the Sabres will have two all star level Hall of Fame potential defensemen with Daleen and with power together. And yeah. that is maybe the backbone of your team. And now, you know, as you said, the collection of centermen being great. Okay, uh, we're going to shift gears. Go live to Montreal. Paul Hamilton standing by with the Sabres' second
6: pick tonight. Here's Noah Ostlin with Paul Hamilton. Go ahead, Paul. Thank you, Brian. Noah, congratulations. How did you feel when you heard your name?
4: Yeah, I got super excited and uh, very happy. I feel, feel wait very wait pumped wait up to get to, around to the, the, the Buffalo organization. Ball.
6: Did you have an idea that it might be Buffalo that would take you?
4: Yeah, I've had a couple of great we- meetings with them, and I feel like the staff really believes in me, and uh, I think it would be a great fit for me.
6: What made you think that you did have a good meeting with them? What, what did you think went well with them?
4: Yeah, I know. I felt felt uh, safe when I was in there. not got, didn't get so stressed, and it felt like they uh, really liked me as a person, so that maybe. it.
6: Did you like the fact, or do you like the fact that there are a couple of guys from Sweden, we're talking about Rasmus Dahlin, Rasmus Asplund, guys that maybe you don't know, but at least some guys from your country that maybe can help show you the way.
4: Yeah, it it means a lot. Uh, Maybe get to know them a little bit and uh, they will take care of me very good, I think. So get an easier ride into the organization, that would be very good for me.
6: Tell me a little bit about yourself. I know you're a centerman. Have you played any wing before, or are you just a, mostly a centerman?
4: Yeah, I played wing until I was 16 years old, so I played 2, two years center, but uh, next year I will start playing wing again, and then we'll see throughout the season how it's going. Is there
6: one position you think you're better at, or one position that you like better?
4: yeah i would say center Uh, i think i get more involved in the game and both defensively and offensively uh, so i would say center now the
6: sabers have a development camp i know you just got taken by them but uh, probably a pretty good chance we will see you next week at development camp
4: yeah yeah, it would be good i have my equipment with me so uh, it would be a good good experience
6: how far away do you think you are you know as an 18 year old there's development that has to happen uh what are your plans for next year as far as playing and how far away do you think you are
4: Yeah, I think maybe two more years in Sweden. uh, Then I think I will be ready to play 82 games and playoffs uh, in the NHL. Uh,
6: Thanks so much for stopping by and congratulations Uh, again. Thank you, thank you. Brian, that's uh, the second number one pick, Noah Oslin, which they took 16th overall. We're at 21 overall now, so without any trades, Buffalo is up in seven picks. Back to you.
3: All right, Paul, thank you very much. Great job there. Joe, he sounds pretty pumped. I, I agree. Did you hear his uh, exact phrasing? He said, probably two more years in Sweden, then I'll be ready for 82 games and playoffs. Love it. And playoffs. And playoffs. <laughs> Love
2: it. <laughs> He's ready to go. All right, Noah Ostlin there. And uh, as Paul said, Pittsburgh's on the clock right now, 21st, and uh, Buffalo picking at 28, so still another pick to go. Okay, timeout. More draft coverage coming up. We'll take a timeout here on WGR.